that dark patch that I went through seven years ago, I'd be a completely different person if I didn't go through that. And I'm grateful. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm glad that, you know, people died and, you know, I went through all that um, heartache and depression and, and stuff, but that led me to who I am right now. So in a, in a way, it's a weird gift, you know, that we should be thankful for. Welcome to Strength Through Compassion Podcast. What is good, guys? Happy 2020 and welcome back to another episode of Strength Through Compassion Podcast. I'm your host, JP Singer, and this is the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. Welcome back, guys. I know it has been a hot minute. I think I did my last episode shortly before Christmas, so it has been just about a month since I've been back on the podcast, and I'm not going to lie, I have been doing a lot of other things, and you know, I, I really just um, didn't feel like I had the motivation to get on here. I wanted to wait until it felt right, um, but luckily, I had an amazing friend here in Pittsburgh who um, you're going to listen to on the show today. Um, I had reached out to him about doing a podcast, and we had scheduled it for January, so that was kind of the push that I needed to actually sit down and record an episode and it's a really good one you guys are in for an awesome episode for sure but I've uh I've been growing my photography business and that has been taking up a lot of time um (laughs) to just get all that going I had been doing photography for the last couple years but I had been mostly working for other companies which means that they did all the marketing and all the booking and all that stuff and I just had to show up and take the pictures and then send them in but now I want to do more stuff on my own which requires me to actually you know form a proper business and market to people and do finances and all that good stuff so that is taking quite a long amount of time um, which I expected but um yeah, that's kind of like my livelihood, part of my livelihood, you know, outside of doing this stuff because I don't really get paid um, for for creating content, um, you know, besides a few partnerships here and there where I might get some free products, etc. But that being said, hey, if you guys need some pictures, any you vegans out there or, or just anyone in general, if you're getting married, um, that's my specialty. I do wedding photography, but I can do just about anything. So um, if you're looking for a photographer, hit me up. <laughs> I'm going to do a little shameless plug there. Um, so yeah, guys, I've I just been super busy with that mostly. And I I wanted to sit down and, and try to think about you know what I want to do going forward with this podcast. And what I've decided is that because I'm doing so much with my photography business, and I know that's going to take up a lot of time, and, and I've been wanting to write a book for the last like two years, and I think I want to focus on that more than anything else if I do have more free time. Um, so what I've decided is that for the podcast, I think I'm going to stick to mostly solo episodes. So if you guys like the, the guest episodes, um, I'm going to get them when I can, but going forward is probably going to be me sharing my thoughts and hopefully you guys like those episodes as well and that you're going to tune in for those and it'll give you some insight still. But I just want to give you a fair warning that going forward in this show, for me to continue to be consistent and post every week, it is a lot of time and dedication to actually go out and find people uh, for interviews. And not only that, but make sure our schedules are okay to link up. And then and then the editing process, it's just a lot easier when I can do solo episodes. So for me to continue to post once a week, which I want to do because I want to keep giving value to you guys, um, 
I might have to switch to solo episodes only and just get guests on when I can. Um, but luckily, like I said, I have um, a friend on today. His name is Shannon Baldridge, and you guys are going to hear from him and and what he's about. I met him at a vegan potluck, and um, he brought a dish, chicken of the woods, which is a mushroom, and. I had never eaten it before and it was simply incredible. And so we started talking and I found out that he cultivates mushrooms and he also goes out to the woods and he hunts for them, but he is, um, he's like a forager. He can go out into the woods and tell you what plants are edible and what to eat and what not to eat. Um, he's very much connected to nature. Um, he works for Green Mountain Energy, which is a natural energy company um, to try to bring sustainable energy. And um, what else? He's into wild medicine, plant-based nutrition. This guy's kind of all over the place, but he's really knowledgeable. He has a lot of cool insights and thoughts about a lot of things, um, a lot of stuff that I didn't know. And we actually talked more in depth after the podcast, which I wish I would have kept rolling to record what we were talking about. But today we talk about everything from depression to reconnecting to nature to the energy that uh, food carries uh, your intention with it and cooking it and how, you know, animal products carry a negative energy where plant-based foods, you know, carry a positive one. Um, we get really deep into a lot of topics. We talk, we touch briefly on psychedelics. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we cover. So I'm just going to leave it at that and, and hope that you guys just, um, like the show and listen to it through. And, um, hopefully it hits on a topic that you're interested in from all the ones that I mentioned. But before we dive into that, guys, uh, this is going to be the last episode that's sponsored by VCoco, the online vegan cooking school that takes you around the world to learn from native professional chefs from raw food to Thai, Italian, and cheese making. VCoco is an online hub with access to more than 200 lectures, downloadable course books, and a wealth of culinary knowledge, all from the comfort of your home. Not to mention, they are always updating with new courses from countries around Around the world to truly give you a diverse arsenal of tools to take your culinary game to the next level. Trust me, guys, when I first went vegan, I had no idea what I was doing and I had to learn the hard way over years of practice to start making awesome vegan dishes. VCoco takes the guessing game out of vegan cooking and teaches you not only the how but the why for international culinary techniques from native chefs. I highly recommend joining the monthly membership at only $25 a month. You get access to all the courses, a private Facebook group, a course certificate, and one new course a month. Plus, you can try it out for 14 days free and cancel anytime. So if you guys want to take your vegan cooking to the next level, go to vcoco.com slash Jake. That is all lowercase or use my code Jake10 at checkout for an extra 10% off. And I'm going to link that in the show notes below. Guys, check out vcoco if you haven't already. Seriously, um, the guys who run it are really awesome dudes, really nice dudes. And, um, you know, they're they're just starting out and I really want to get them some traffic. I really want to get the ball rolling for them because uh, they have a great product and they're great guys and it's awesome. Where else are you going to learn from native chefs how to cook awesome vegan food? So check it out. All right. That is it for the housekeeping. I think, um, yeah, we're going to roll right into the episode. Um, so I will see you guys on the other side and enjoy this interview with Shannon Baldridge. Shannon Baldridge, welcome to the show, man. What's going on? Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. Oh man, the cat's already trying to mess up stuff. So I left <laughs> Lex the cat. For those of you that follow me on on Instagram, you've probably seen her before, but uh, she's crawling all over the keyboard. So if she meows, it's not me. That is that is the it's cat. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So um, dude, we met at a um, at a vegan meetup, um, a potluck. Yeah. And you brought something that I had been interested in for a long time, but never actually tried, which is chicken in the woods, uh, which is a mushroom. Yes. And, uh, you, what did you pan fried it? Uh, yeah. Pan fried it with, um, uh, mixed it with, uh, like whole wheat and, um, tapioca flour. So it kind of got a little crisp to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was amazing. Thank you. I was like, I tried this. I was like, what is this? This is beautiful. This is beautiful and tasty and delicious. <laughs> And when you told me what it was, I was like, I've been wanting to try that for a while, and it actually looks and tastes pretty similar to chicken. Oh, yeah, it's, it creeps people out sometimes if yeah. I have, like, a potluck or make food for people, and they're like, is chicken in it? I'm like, no, this is a mushroom. So. <laughs> and were those, you said, did you, did you find those, or did you grow those? Uh, I found those ones, yeah. Okay, so just to give uh, people a little idea of what you do, I'm sure that they heard some highlights that I said um, in the intro, but... What exactly? What's what's your mo, man? What's your story? What's your deal? What do you what do you think your purpose here is on Earth? You know, what's oh, your man, mission I'm statement? I'm, I'm, right I'm getting deep bat. already, dude. I already I always do that. Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah. I I think my purpose is to um, educate and inspire people to you know lead compassionate lives, but also reconnect to nature. And I think uh, you know if you look around, people. Um, more depressed and anxious than ever and i think a lot of that has to do with this the disconnect from each other but also from our food and from nature um so i think one of my missions is to just help facilitate that get people inspired um take them out to the woods show them you know some things and you know and it's everybody i show usually they like within a week or two they're like texting me photos what's this what's this and i get some uh you know interested in it so then the fire's lit and i just kind of fan that fire and yeah and then i got more people to to forage with so it's fun where did that where did that stem from where did you get like a um a love for nature was that something you carried as a kid growing up yeah, or definitely yeah i grew up in you familiar with uh chautauqua new york uh i am not it's like uh kind of like between buffalo and erie real rural um, my mom had a bunch of woods and, you know, she had to pretty much bribe me with food to get me in the house. <laughs> uh, back then it wasn't plant-based, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've always been, you know, nature boy, but probably the last, like, I don't know. Well, I guess when I was in the military, I was kind of, um, inter- you know, definitely outdoorsy, but last 10 years for sure. Um, I've been, you know, amping that up a little bit and especially yeah. when I went plant-based um a lot of mushrooms can replace and mimic uh meat very well like there's there's a chicken not only the chicken in the woods there's the hen in the woods there's the steak of the woods the shrimp of the woods the crab of the woods uh you know uh you name it of the woods there's it's out there and it's in western pennsylvania it's very um we're loaded with those types of yeah. mushrooms so is there a bacon in the woods uh, well, you can make shiitake bacon. There you, you know, go. That's a that's my usual go to. I, I was never a bacon big bacon guy, but um, the shiitake bacon um, does it pretty well. You can... Yeah. So let's talk about your um, your <clears throat> plant based story and your vegan journey. Uh, what was that like for you? So you're already a nature boy growing up. Yep. Um, so maybe you know it seems like it was a 
a natural transition, but what, what in particular got you into the vegan lifestyle? Um, cause it seems, you know, especially someone being in the military, I feel like there's a lot of, um, stigma around, you know, like, Oh, be a man. And you know, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's changing. I think there's a lot of, um, um, even they touched out in the game changers film with, um, James Wilkes and, mm. um, how he's, uh, you know, training the military, how to like be, cause like the big, the big goal for the military is to be like, um, fit and be ready for anything. Right. And, and if you're, and I even noticed when I was in one of my jobs, um, while I was in was to, um, help keep people in shape, um, through like physical training, but also for, through diet. And I was going off the bank, the, the, the old nutrition, um, you know, basics but like it wasn't really you know plant-based but it was definitely uh encouraging people to eat more vegetables and fruits um but i think now it's starting to become all the myths are kind of being um squashed for the most part the the scientific consensus is is uh is is available for people to look into and um, for sure but yeah i think um for me uh about i don't know like seven years ago um i was going through a crazy like life transition and uh like you know, I had some close people in my family die in the same year. And then, you know, it was like one was my spiritual uh, guide, my aunt and my grandfather, who was like our pillar to our family, um, both around the same time. So I was like going, you know, questioning my own mortality and other things. And then at the same time, I was um, diagnosed with uh, hemochromatosis. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I've, I've heard it. I've heard of it before. I'm not sure exactly what kind of kind of what it entails. But yeah, it's pretty rare um from what i hear um if you're if you have any celtic heritage um you know it's worth getting checked especially if you're a guy Mm. Um, my mom found out she had it when she went through menopause so women are typically uh, more likely to be anemic um, because they're menses and um so when she went to menopause her iron level shot through or shot through the roof and uh the doctor was like maybe you have this rare genetic blood mutation and she did so um i got checked and i have it so um, it's kind of a blessing in disguise. They said if I would have kept my current, like, it asked me how much, t- how many times a day or times a uh, week I eat meat, how much I drank, and they're like, and I was eating, you know, standard American, you know, right. meat, meat consumption, and, yeah. and they were like, you really need to, you know, change some things, or you know, if you don't do anything, you're gonna have to um, do be do bloodletting. So every week, um, when they checked, my iron levels were, man, like. A normal range for ferritin, which is like the blood absorption of iron, is um, between 50 and 100, and I was yeah. at 1,500. Wow. So I was like off the charts. My body doesn't displace iron like a normal person. Yeah. Um, so then the only, and they were like, well, you have to get bloodlet. And I was like, with leeches or something? No, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't leeches. Uh, that would be cool. But it was just giant needles, you know? So every week I was like, this sucks. And they're just, you know, pulling blood out of me. And that helped bring my iron level down. And they just said, you know, lay off the red meat. And I knew there was more to them, to, to it than that. Then, you know, there's iron and everything and um, heme iron, especially in, mm. in, in meat. Yeah. And uh, so when I started looking into that, it kind of opened Pandora's box with like, you know, what, how iron affects everybody, not just people with that um, disease, but especially men, because um, we don't naturally bloodlet. Right. And then heme iron absorption is way more than regular plant-based iron. So I think that uh, for most, most plants, it's between 2 to 20% absorption. And then heme iron is like over 20%. And then if you're eating with vitamin C, you absorb more and all these other things play into the... Um, and then 
you know, most people think, oh, well, that's good. I don't, I'm not gonna be anemic. But if you have excess iron, just like any excess mineral, uh, it gets deposited in, in all your organs and your brain and your liver, your heart, all that stuff. So it could be, it could present problems and they might not even know that's like correlated. Like later on you have, uh, you know, plus you have a bunch of other things to go on when right. you eat meat, but like, yeah, sure. um, so it's just, you know, not good, but, um, but when I did that, I started looking into all the research and I was like, why doesn't everybody know this? Why are we being, you know, get, went through that whole conspiracy theory right. phase of the vegan journey that usually happens. And it's like, <laughs> I gotta tell everybody. So I was, uh, the annoying vegan for a couple of years and, yeah, uh, me too. but it's, you know, it's definitely, um, now, I mean, that was like seven years ago. So it's been, I've seen tremendous amount of like awareness where people are mm. back then people were like you're crazy you know um but now um seven years ago you said yeah around yeah, spot, yeah around around seven years ago i was so. around this i mean i've been just over seven years and yeah dude back then i didn't even know what vegan was most people didn't Mm-mm. when i would tell them what's vegan i would have to explain oh what's the difference between right. a vegan and vegetarian right and now i feel like i don't i hear that question anymore right. you know so right. it was funny it was like uh oh man when i went home for the first time because i you know i grew up like both my grandfathers were farmers and mm. we were a very rural area and a lot of meat, a lot of dairy. I mean, I remember a big glass of milk, yep. big steak, you know, for yep. dinner. And, uh, my, it was kind of funny. My, my sister's, I love, I love her, but she, she was like, uh, it was kind of like that. What's that scene from like my big fret green or Greek wedding uh-huh. when she's like, you don't eat no meat. Oh, yeah. She kept like doing <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah, she's, it's, it's awesome now. Cause like, um, you know, we're both, her and I both love to cook. So we used to make, you know, Thanksgiving dinner together. And now we just make, um, you know, she'll send me recipes for vegan uh, meals and we'll cook them together. And um, so it's, it's definitely cool to like see um, my family. They didn't know what avocado was. They didn't know anything. So now they're, they're like, you know, it's like, you know, you find a whole new uh, room of your house that you never know you had. Right? right. So you're just like, oh, I got all this extra, you know, vegetables that I never yeah. tried. And you get, you know, once you try a couple and you learn to cook with them, um, it gets pretty exciting. So, so um, going plant based, then I'm assuming help to either curb or cure your cure. Case. Yeah. I mean, cured. Wow. right. So I don't need to get bloodlet and no leeches. Um, yeah. No leeches. <laughs> uh, so when I went back a couple years ago, um, you know, with the, I go to the VA hospital and we get like cycled through doctors all the time. So like when, um, I got a new doctor and she was just looking at my blood work and looking at my blood pressure, everything, you know, and she was like, what did you do? You know? And I was <laughs> like, so I went off my, you know, I was like, here's my opportunity, you know, to, right. um, you know, be the doctor to the doctor. And cause you know, most doctors don't get any nutrition training. Uh, so she was like pretty much taking notes and, and wow. she was like, this is amazing. I never seen any like results like this. Usually it's like, you know, people have to get bloodlet for like ever or, on, you know, there's no medication for it. You just, that's like the only that's it. treatment for it. You just got to get out the, the, the metal. Yeah. And then you get, you would get checked, um, like depending on how, um, you know, how much, how often you need it you would get it um but i kept i never had it to need it so i would i would go get checked and like you're good get out of here and then come back you're same and uh but then um so i would come back and like she would bring in the whole crew of doctors and they're just like you know taking notes as i'm like telling them like (laughs) what what i did and like and now she she's vegan oh wow her her her, i think her fiance her husband is vegetarian and vegan Last time, she, last time I talked to her, but I don't really need to go back very often, so yeah. I don't see her very often. But when I do, it's cool because I can. Um, I think later on I want to get into that too, where I can, um, 
you know, help the people, especially, especially the VA, like those guys, um, uh, you go to the, the, um, the cafeteria and that's the crap that got him in the hospital to begin with. Yeah, you know? it's not, crazy. not just that disease, but cancer and diabetes. It's crazy, and, man. Yeah. I think like one of the first things, um, that they gave my, my grandfather when he got triple bypass surgery to eat afterwards was like meatloaf or something. Oh, and it was just so like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and if you dig deep into it, you know, I mean, right. We could go down a whole rabbit hole on yes, this, but you know, yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot of lobbying to get right. these certain foods into the yeah. into the cafeterias. Um, I heard the American Medical Association um, is sending out some pressure to. Um, you familiar with uh, like Neil Barnard? Oh yeah. Um, so his um, the physicians committee, um, I guess, sued um, them, and like I guess they yeah. they're putting out the report where they at least have to offer plant based options for people because back then it was like. A iceberg lettuce salad or something you know uh it's like the worst you know there's no nutrition it's just like according know. to uh game changers i just hosted a screening the other day just to quickly touch uh iceberg mm-hmm. lettuce has like more antioxidants than like salmon and, and right. chicken and like so it's still <laughs> yeah. like right, right still yeah yeah um which you know i should tell you something um and most people don't even know like i talk about antioxidants like when i you know go on my little rants and uh people are like Oh yeah, I've heard of those, but they don't know like what an antioxidant is doing yeah. and like what's why it's important. And mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, do you want to have dementia? Do you want to have cancer? Like all these like free radicals running around your body, you know, running yeah. amok. And I'm like, you're literally rusting from the inside out. Wow. And uh, a lot of the antioxidants. Um, the the reason why we have what we perceive color is to recognize that in the supermarket we see mm. blues and reds and oranges yeah. and whatever. And that's the all different. Yeah, it's all different types of antioxidants that we could be. Um, getting into our body but like when i grew up you know when we would eat um eat like meat that's not colored it's like brown or like gross it's not red or any of that so it's like our our eyes aren't really trained to you know perceive that or you know like a carnivore's eyes like your cat would be like is like trained to see motion right you know, right right like, right you know you take that to the supermarket he's going to the fish aisle not yeah. the produce aisle, you know so yeah and like um, their sense of hearing is right. uh, heightened you know for little like tiny like mouse footsteps and, right, like, right. like crazy yeah. stuff man yeah. like i mean yeah as humans i think we're we're definitely not um built to be these predators i mean i guess you could argue that that we have developed brains to use tools but mm-hmm. um you know so i, I mean i i see i i do think that we I do think that we came to eat meat as a uh, means of survival in times where right. we can't go to Whole Foods and get organic produce from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, but, but I think that we are, I think that we're <laughs> omnivores in the sense of being able to choose and, but, but I don't necessarily agree that when we choose like meat all the time that we're going to thrive. You know, I, I think you could probably get away with, I think you could probably get away with eating like an 80% plant-based diet. Not that I would recommend it, no, yeah. but like, I feel like, you know, in the, in the sense of survival, but that being said, we can thrive and completely eliminate, you know, not completely, but really severely reduce, um, some of these risks or some of the biggest killers by eating a whole foods plant-based diet, you know, for heart disease, for diabetes, for, you know, whatever else. So I think that meat played a role, but I don't think that we're not, we're not natural, no, you know. Yeah, and all those myths that it, it made our brain bigger and everything. I think that was actually 
psilocybin mushrooms. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, the oh, shirt, shirt I'm wearing right now has a. Um, I forgot I was wearing this. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think um, with I man, I'm kind of I don't want to go off on that rant. Uh, <laughs> we could. We could. Yeah, it's, inter- it's definitely interesting. Uh, but the like the um, the idea that you know the whole paleo idea of like, oh, these people were just hunting, hunting, hunting. That's all I did. It's a tremendous amount of calorie, uh, uh, expended to like hunt. Yeah. So, but if you just like, you, you know, if you had two options when you go to a deserted Island to survive or, or whatever, and it, one was having like a bow and arrow and the other was having plant like knowledge of all the plant species, mm. I would totally take the plant oh, yeah. species knowledge because you could, you could thrive. What are the animals eating? That's right. what I always say yeah. in that question. Yeah, it was like, oh, you have if you had a chicken, I'm like, watch where the chicken eats. And yeah, too. You know, the chicken knows like intuitively what right. to eat. There's a lot of there's actually some weeds, um, like chickweed and henbit, that are um, the named because chicken love it and we can eat it. Um, it grows like chickweed is out there right now. So, wow, um, that's super important knowledge. Um, we'll we'll dive into that in a second. But you know, one other thing that I always say too is. Um, I saw a moose one time in real life and just standing in its presence made mm-hmm. me realize like, man, back in the day, I would have got fucked up by a mammy, like a woolly mammoth or oh, yeah. like, yeah, that's why we, I think we developed the tools really was to prevent for self-defense. Yeah. We're not, we don't have claws. We're, you know, we're, we're great apes, but you know, you get, you meet a gorilla in the wild, things are going to mess you up, you know, Dude, like, yeah. but we're, we, and most of those great apes, um, aside from like a small percentage of like chimpanzees, um, they eat monkey, you know, bite like biting into their brain. It's like this crazy, you know, barbaric thing. But that's very rare, you know. Bonobos and right. great and uh, gorillas and you know our other cousins of the our fam or the great ape family. Like they're primor- primarily frugivores, and they might eat a little bit of insects here and there, mm-hmm. but they're not, you know, these you know hunter kind yeah. of um, creatures. I so. think that I watched a special. Um, on like the apes eating each other like cannibalism but it's more so for like it's not for nutrition it's for like territory and dominance yeah but you look around that's kind of where i think that's where our warrior or a warmonger kind of Mm. um side of us comes so like yeah you you can say we do the same thing we just don't eat each other (laughs) right yeah well some cultures do like papua new guinea yeah other places um but they i think um you know i think um we've the human body is amazing. Like we're, we adapt, you know, and you know, with my, my disease, for instance, that's a, that's a mutation that happens. Mm. So like, um, you know, in times of iron deficiency, my people in, in my ancestry, they mutated to be able to like retain more iron. So it's like, you know, it's, um, but we're constant, we're not, evolution is not done. Creation is not done. I think they're both like the same kind of, idea and like we're in the middle of it so mm. it's 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 an ongoing pattern so um you look, look at people like who are lactose intolerant like people that come from like a scandinavian country yeah and they have you know many many generations of drinking milk they're they're less likely to be lactose intolerant right. but if you have somebody from like an asian country mm. or yeah. african-american or um, native american they didn't you know there's there's no there's hardly any dairy products in uh in asian right. food because you know probably for that reason but it's over 70 percent of people right i don't know if that's worldwide or if that's just the united states but over 70 percent of people are lactose intolerant i mean if that's not yeah. right that's not a clear sign of you know right but the, the, right on that my plate there's a big thing that says dairy yeah. you know like they've lobbied hard to get that you know i think, Even, can, I think canada took it off their um 
their yeah. recommend their recommendation. They they took away dairy, and I I don't know if they put a plant based milk or if they just put water. Yeah, but uh, they Which, took. Yeah, they took, why, why is water not? On? <laughs> yeah, like, right. You don't need water. It's all in the you know. Dude, so many people <laughs> don't drink water. I work with a guy uh, who literally just drinks Mountain Dew, uh, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna make the the switch to start drinking water." So he's like, "I'm gonna start buying like Propel." I'm just like, "Dude, that's uh, just like yeah. it's pretty much like more or less a a variation of right. you know." But um, yeah, it's just it's just crazy to me. I mean, like I. I'd say 90% of what I drink is, is water. Yeah. Um, and then like, maybe I'll do a little bit of plant milk. Um, just cause I used to drink like three big glasses of milk a day. Oh, like geez. just, Oh yeah. Like just regular, like we bloated 2%. And... Um, no, like I feel like I digested it. Okay. I mean, when I would consume large amounts of let's like, for instance, like I used to go to like Olive Garden all the time and get like chicken Alfredo. Mm-hmm. And after eating that, like my stomach would just be like absolutely torn. I'd have yeah. like stomach aches, like nausea. So like, I could have been, you know, sensitive and just and not pinpointed it to being being the dairy, but right. um, you know, I I drank three glasses of milk a day and that was like really hard for me to give up, like almost even more than cheese when mm-hmm. I switched. Um, so now I still kinda like like to have that like you know, that glass of milk, yeah. uh plant milk, right. obviously. Um like to me, like I'll just go like my girlfriend, she makes fun of me for doing it, but I'll just go in the fridge and just like grab a carton of like oat milk or like soy yeah. milk or almond and just like drink right from it, just like yeah. refresh myself. <laughs> well, I think it's there is that's the that's the interesting thing when you start talking to people about um any of this, because there's not only is it uh you know, the addiction addictive elements of some of these foods, especially the case of morphins and, and dairy products, um, it's an opioid, you know, it's like yeah. one tenth of a the power of like regular like heroin or whatever but you had that you know you're you're you want it you know just case it's like if you um would have had any other addiction you know you have that but then you have the tradition and the like i always call it like the ratatouille kind of thing you ever, mm. ever seen ratatouille yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. the nostalgic thing where you go back and you're like oh man i remember when my you know chugging milk out of the carton and <laughs> when i was a kid you know it's like that homesick um kind of thing that people long for and i think um and there's a spiritual element with food. I think people don't really um, talk about or think about. But you know, when you're cooking, you're that's an alchemical, you know, ritual, and you're making magic. You know, you're, and I think that you could totally, you know, if you have um, a mother who loves her child and she follows the exact same recipe as a line cook that's just like slopping stuff together, and they follow the same recipe, same ingredients, same everything you can totally taste the difference because they're putting that like intention in there. Mm. So I think there's like that whole ritual aspect of it. And like, so people get really, um, offended. Um, and I, I'm starting to understand it more just cause I, you know, thinking through that stuff when you start to like question, like, you know, what do you mean? My grandma's meatloaf is bad for me and the environment, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, or whatever. Cause like they, it's like, a you know, family connection, spiritual connection. Um, you're literally vampiring life from some, something to stay alive so there's like a whole spiritual element to it and i think um even if it's plants you know so i think i try to you know practice where like just even the process if i go out to eat or whatever just like have like a silent like thank you you know to the food you know yeah like you know you don't have to be you know religious involved with it but like thank you for that for that thing gave its life you know to yeah you know you wouldn't be able to survive off of you know one of these people like doing with the uh, um, the sun in their butthole kind of thing. You hear that? What? No. Hear what the heck yeah. is that? That's like a, I don't know. I don't. I heard it, somebody is doing that where they're um, like 
there's a whole like thing of people were like thinking they're they can get like life force through their 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 b-hole by like from the sun <laughs> yeah. like a plant like no no like no, no, photosynthesis, no. Well, like, yeah 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 right yeah so they, there's like naked um there's like a uh, yeah look it up it's, it's bizarre but it's like a whole fad that's happening oh um my God. but like if if we could do that that'd be great because we wouldn't have to like kill or eat anything right but i don't think that's I don't think you get enough sustenance. Maybe vitamin D. I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, I think I think we need a little bit more than that. Yeah, <laughs> more. Than... I'm sorry. I just I can't get the picture out of my head now. Oh yeah, well, you look it up. It'll is uh, it's like my sister sent me a link to it, and I was like, that what? Like, yeah, well, it, it goes like right alongside like sun gazing and stuff like that, yeah. which is like, um, I think it's stupid, but. Now, I, I agree with you, man. Like the intention behind the intention behind anything we do. Like I, I do believe in energy, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you go somewhere and you have a gut feeling that it's just like not good, or right. you know, you meet someone and you're just like, there's something about them that I just don't like. Right. You know, I think that I think we're giving off energy all the time. So the the intention that we put into doing something releases a certain you know form of energy and. This is one of the reasons that my dad stopped eating meat is that he's a very spiritual guy and he was he thought about you know when the animals are being slaughtered all the negative energy that's happening inside of their bodies and they're they're car- they're basically storing that right. into the into the meat when you're you know I mean if you want to talk about science there's like mad levels of like cortisol and like all these right. other stress hormones that are going into it but if if you want to talk about it from like a more spiritual you yeah. know um new age perspective i guess like you know there's negative intention um going into that or or lack of attention like these people aren't i i would go on to say that a slaughterhouse worker is not killing animals with like oh like i'm feeding the world like my mm-hmm. I'm doing good work here no like they're exploited workers who just need money and that's carrying over into the product and then you're ingesting that yeah and if you're constantly ingesting that you're staying in a cycle of just this negative like impact and then we wonder why you know people are like you said so depressed or or so angry and upset and it's just like look at what we're putting into our bodies on a daily basis like we're not even we're not even giving ourselves a chance to you know have the right mental mindset because we're 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 blocking all the all the good energy that we need to really formulate that Mm -hmm. i totally agree i i bring that up you know and i try i don't know some people take it it, it hits people hard because I think when they know it and, you know, in their heart of hearts, you know, that that's true, that these animals are suffering. And um, a lot, a lot of hunters will tell you um, that they, like my stepdad was a hunter and he would like, he was an expert marksman and he would like make sure that, you know, the animals like didn't suffer. It just dropped. And, Cause if, even if it jumped a little bit, it would release those cortisol it would release all that the fear and anxiety that comes. I'm about to die kind of, uh, right. anxiety and you could taste it in the meat. And, um, he would say that, like, I don't want it to suffer, but I also, I don't want it to be like, you can taste it, the difference that right. the animal suffered. And it's like, you feel bad when you're eating it. So imagine if like you're, that animal's whole entire life in the womb all the way through, um, it's life to the end was just suffering, fear, anxiety, mm-hmm. seeing your whole family in front of you, you know, you know, die and everything. So I think it's totally, you know, look around, we're the most, anxious depressed fearful disconnected culture um and uh i think a lot of that has to do with you know if anybody were to ask, you know go to a you know obviously there's some like 
hormonal imbalances and chemicals that like, you know, and there's, there's a time and place for pills. But like, I think if the first thing that we should be asking is like, where do you get, your, what are you eating? And, you know, that's kind of like going home and you find a puddle on the floor and it's like the, the, the anxiety puddle, you know, and the, and the, uh, pain puddle and whatever. And you just mop it up and you don't like look for the source of the leak, you know? Mm, and I think yeah. we're, you know, so every day you're mopping it up with a pill or mopping it up with some kind of distraction or alcohol or whatever. Um, but you're never like addressing the problem. So you're going to always have to do that forever. So if you go home and find that roots root cause of it, which I think, yeah, you are internalizing, you know, the fear you are what you eat literally. And I think people kind of like, it's like a a cliche or, you know, something people throw around, but you become that like you're, you're, you're converting that energy into, um, you. So like, if you're eating something that's, you know, you know, like like it's that Da Vinci quote where I don't want my body to be a tomb for others, you know, it literally is, you know? Right. Yeah, man, that's, that's a really good analogy to think about, you know, besides food, um, besides energy that we're ingesting from these animals, what else do you think is making us, uh, you know, depressed and anxious and, you know, what are some other causes in your opinion of the source? Um, I know you're a guy who's, who's close to nature. Maybe talk about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I suffer from depression, um, and it runs in my family and, um, you know, I've seen it and felt it myself. And I think for me, uh, when I was in in that transition period, um, I got really into like yoga meditation, um, in the same time. So I was like, you know, I don't want to take any pills. I've seen what it does to my friends and family. And so I don't mean take aspirin. I, I take nothing. And, um, so I was like, there's gotta be a better way. It's gotta be, um, like you look at other, most other cultures, like indigenous cultures, especially where, you know, they're, they're connected to each other. They have community. They, they, um, and if, you know, a rare occasion you have something that is, you know, got to screw loose or something, but yeah. that's the, probably the shaman of the fam, of the group, you know, they don't stigmatize it as like a, um, a bad thing. So I don't think, um, anybody should feel, um, bad about or isolated or, uh, feel the stigma of if they are diagnosed with anything, I think it's, I mean, how could you not look around? Our culture is like, you know, consumer driven. Um, and we're just bombarded by, you know, marketing and saying, Hey, you know, every, we're one of the only countries besides New Zealand that can market pills to people. Um, and say like, you know, there's like walking through the field and these like cartoon flowers and stuff and birds landing on you and you're like, do you feel like crap? You know, like here's a pill for that. It's like, well, I feel like crap. And then you, you know, get that pill. But I think we, we, we would be better served if we start looking in and inward rather than outward. And I think, um, actually dealing with our, um, like the shadow part of our uh, psyche, you know, and I think, um, that's why I like a lot of, I'm a big advocate for, um, a lot of the research being done with, um, like psychedelics and, mm-hmm. um, uh, MDMA, you know, psilocybin, LSD, yeah. even cannabis. Um, cause those two are kind of tools that are, have been stigmatized, but those help you go within. And if you have a bad trip, quote unquote, uh, it's usually cause you're clinging to like some kind of control that doesn't exist anyway. So yeah. if you just let it go, then you're, um, uh, able to kind of process that stuff and you process it as like a, an adult or maybe even an, an observer. So you can go back and like give that nine year old kid that was bullied a hug or, or whatever it is, whatever happened to you. Um, you can kind of address that. And I think a lot of people are kind of run, they tuck that away, they go get a job and they 
we don't have any right rites of passage in our country. We don't, there's no ritual to become a man or a woman. We just kind of like get kicked out into the wild of um, a job, you know, go get a job, you know. And when you're, you know, get, that's why people have midlife crises. That's why, you know, we never really um, explore know. who we're supposed to be. Yeah. Who are we? What are we here for? You know, yeah. and um, is it is it am I here to be, be an accountant? Am I here to do <laughs> to go, you know, not not no offense to any accountants. Yeah, listening. accountants, we love you. Thank you. Please <laughs> we, do we my taxes. <laughs> I don't want to do that work. Uh, but like, you know, like going, we spend most of our our day indoors here in Pittsburgh, we That's get true. limited yeah. vitamin D. So be taking those vitamin D supplements. Uh, you know, I think we need to spend more time outside, spend more time with our neighbors, with, um, our friends and family. Um, if I were, if someone, if I was a doctor and someone came to my office and they said, Hey, I feel, you know, I have all these anxieties. I have fear. I have, you know, I'm depressed or whatever. I'd ask them what they're eating. Um, first I'd ask how they're, how are their relationships, um, walk me through a day in the life of you. What do you do in your free time? Um, a lot of people, they go to work and, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, they come home, they, you know, uh, microwave some crap or they go out to eat and eat some crap. And then they, <laughs> and then they, um, sit in their little castle, you know, isolated from their community, put on a television, hear the news which yeah, is like oh my God. all terrible or get on social media and or Facebook. on social media and you hear all, all this like soundboard of you know uh like the world's going to hell and it's like and we do feel like the climate change um you know that stuff is real and that's that's there's anxiety from that there's anxiety from yeah war there's anxiety from this you know we just we're bombarded by toxins and whether it's uh psychic toxins or actual toxins in our furniture and our in our clothing and our carpets and all these things in our food. And then we never really have like a, there's not like a, um, we don't, we don't know what that release valve is, whether it's a, you know, a meditation practice, a yoga practice. I think exercise is super important. Yeah. I think, um, the yoga philosophy is amazing because it's not only is it something that you can, you know, help like with your mobility and your um, strength, but also your like yoga means yoke, like you're connecting um, it's a connection to like a higher version of yourself, God, or whatever you want to call it, but also with a community, if you go to classes right. or, um, yeah. so I think it's super important to get involved in like community, um, whatever, whatever you want to do, like write down what's, uh, what are your dreams? What are your passions? And then find that there's, there's never been a better time to have access to, you know, at your fingertips, we have the library of Alexandria in, in our pockets yeah, and wow. we use it for, you know, obviously there's <laughs> this time and place for, you know, cat, cat videos, videos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, I think we could look up anything. We could look up, you know, there's, you know, those meetups and there's different, um, communities that are, uh, thriving, especially in Pittsburgh, you know, the vegan community is huge. These, um, you can go, you know, learn something. You know, I'm, I'm part of the Western Pennsylvania Mushroom Club. Um, I learned a lot about mushrooms there from like, you know, think about, you know, I'm like, <laughs> people there, it's like a wide range of ages from like 20 to 90, you know, but those are your elders. Those yeah. are where you learn from, you know, and that's kind of like what's lost. So I think reconnecting to that kind of stuff where you just, you know, learn something new, find something, find what, what do you want to do and go out there and, and grab it. And I think people kind of um, can benefit, you know, from, those connections, but also developing new habits and, um, you know, with food and with, you know, relationships. And I think, um, and slowly but surely they're not quick fixes. It takes some time, but you'll feel like, Oh, wow. I've, 
I actually want to get up today, you know, I actually, yeah. you know, and yeah. you'll have your lows and stuff, but they won't be as low, sure. you know, I think. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's something I've been trying to, I mean, I've dealt with depression in the past and, you know, I feel like I've gotten a pretty good hold on it, but I mean, there's times like even recently over the last, like, I don't know, six weeks, I've just kind of felt like, what the heck am I doing here? Like, there's so much suffering in the world. Like, what's the point? And it's not that I was depressed. I was just like feeling like very apathetic. Um, but I look at my routine and I looked at what I was doing and I'm like, I'm going to work. I'm watching Netflix. Like, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm eating vegan, but I'm probably not eating the best, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not eating like whole plant-based foods. And I'm thinking like, okay, what was different when you were super motivated? Um, just like a year ago or six months ago. And I'm like, I was waking up every morning. I was giving gratitude. I was, you know, visualizing like what I wanted in life. I was setting intentions for the day. I was exercising on a regular basis. I was getting outside, um, obviously when the weather, you know, weather permitting, um, there's a lot of things that I was doing. And also like, I wasn't, I felt like now, I feel like now I've been getting more sucked into social media because there's obviously in the U S here, there's, um, elections are coming up this year. Um, so there's a lot going on in that. So I, I go on and I, you know, I see something about Donald Trump and uh, people, yeah. <laughs> you know, arguing and this and that, yeah. or, you know, climate change, which again, right. yeah, is a serious issue, but mm-hmm. dude, it's like, we're yep. so disconnected from where we're meant to be, which is like, man, like look outside, like, dude, I can even just look out this window right now where we're sitting and just look at like a bird flying by, look at the clouds, look at the mm-hmm. trees. And like, we miss that on a daily basis because we're staring at our screens. We're inside of a house, we're watching Netflix and there's just so much that we're missing that's right in, right in front of us that can ground us and really help us to feel present and not feel like we're lost and not feel like there's, there's no hope, you know? So, yeah, I, I think we should also, like, I struggle with the same thing where I'll get in my rut and I'm like, but th- that moment where you snap out of it, you know, I think if we give ourselves a little bit of like compassion, the, the same compassion we would give to another, you know, if somebody else that a loved one came to you and said that you'd be like, Hey man, you know, like give yourself a break, yeah. you know, like on ourselves, we're our biggest critic, you know? It's true. And I think just taking that, that whole process of wake snapping out of it, it's a, it's an opportunity to go back to what you were doing. It's like, it's like, uh, going to the gym, you know, you have to, you know, rip your muscles apart in order for them to grow. You have to put them through some, some stress, you know? So I think we, we kind of need that. We need that, that, it, that constant, like, um, pushback from our, our old habits. So like you, you, um, now I know for myself, like I have 37 years of bad habits, you know, and that, like, <laughs> I have to like break through that, you know, and it's not going to be like a, Oh, uh, it's aha moment and I'm good. It's a constant, like going back to those habits and then, you know, binge eating or, or, you know, Netflix or, you know, or Wikipedia rabbit holes and you're just like not sleeping or not, you know, whatever it is, whatever you're, um, that you're trying to like work through. I think it's, those are, can be tools. Those can be like opportunities for us to be like, Oh, I'm doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then just that awareness is like, um, it's the same as like, you know, meditation when you're trying to, if you're trying to focus on your breath. People think it's like, Oh, I just gotta think of nothing. Try good, good luck. It's not going to happen. Like no. the whole practice is when you, when your mind starts to wander, just label it thinking and come back to your breath. So maybe lab, label that, um, whatever you know yeah some some label and be like oh that's you know thinking or whatever and then come back to 
your practice, come back to your, your, the habits that you want to develop. And I think this, we just have to be like kind and compassionate to ourselves, um, you know, enough to like where we're, um, you know, a cheerleader rather than a heckler. Yeah. You know, we're not like, oh, because a lot of those voices in your head are somebody else, you know. Right. That are like, oh, you dumbass. You know? <laughs> like, it's like, or who said that? It's not me. Like, that comes from somewhere. When you're a baby, you're not calling yourself a dumbass. Like, right. you learn that, those things. And then you get, I'm not saying this is, <laughs> but I think, I know this happens to me for sure, uh, where, um, you know, I get hard on myself where I'm like, oh, man, I've been doing, you know, what am I doing? But then if I like shake it off, I'm like, whoa, okay. Notice that difference, you know, of, okay, where I was. And then you'll notice too, like when you get better at like catching it, there's like a shorter time between the laps, you know, that, that, um, the ebb and flow is a little bit, you know, (laughs) it's a little bit less deep and less, uh, long, your depression or your rut is less deep and it, and it doesn't last as long. I think, I think that's the whole kind of like why we're here kind of thing where we have to kind of reprogram ourselves right. from just that random of, you know, but we got to practice it. Yeah. We got to practice it because and I'm so glad you said that. Cause that, that's been my experience is like I, my, the deepest place I've been in my life was a very severe depression for like four months. And then mm-hmm. as time went on, I would still feel myself going down that way, but it wouldn't be as deep. It right. wouldn't be as long. Um, but it's, that's a win. it's, yeah, it is, but it's, it's the practice. Like when I completely stop doing these practices, I see what happens, which has been me for the last six weeks is, you know, feeling like what the heck's the point? Mm-hmm. It's because I stopped doing everything like, but now having that previous experience, I know that I can get back to it and I now have that knowledge to, to get back to it right. easily. But, um, but you have to experience it. I, I think that's the part that's missing in a lot of religions, a lot of, um, you know, self-help stuff or wh- whatever it is. People like they long for something, some kind of experience but they you have to have that experience um i can tell somebody so i'm blue in the face like this is what you gotta do you know and it's like <laughs> they're gonna really roll their eyes and and i'm sure you've experienced that too when you tell people you know about going vegan or whatever they're just like yeah, yeah right dude you know but if you and i've noticed just i'm trying to like change my approach where um kind of meet them where they're at and then try to listen and then if they have questions yeah i can expound upon it but like um, I think people, um, I don't know, they slip and that's just human nature, you know, but then like catching yourself and then going back up, you're going to look back and be like, Oh, that depression was a, a, a gift. Oh yeah. You know, like with that dark, that dark patch that I went through seven years ago, I'd be a completely different person if I didn't go through that. And I'm yeah. grateful. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm glad that, you know, people died and, you know, I went through all that um, heartache and depression and, and stuff, but that led me to who I am right now. So yeah. in, a, in a way, it's a weird gift, you know, that we should be thankful for. And I think that's like, um, rather than, because we have another option, we can play the victim and say, oh, oh, I'm this because of that, you know? And it's like, no, you're, you, you can be whatever you want, you know? And just, we can, we, we just can use those as like an opportunity to, for growth or for, uh, self-development or to, to reach out to people, you know, it's good to be vulnerable, especially like, I think being a man in, in America, like that's the most manly thing you can do is allow yourself to be vulnerable and Agreed. like ask for help and uh, reach out to people. And like, people don't expect it. And, but then once they do, they realize that it's okay for them to do the same. Yeah. You know, if we just sit in our own little you you talk know, about corner. Yeah. 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 I think we, I think we need to like have, um, 
more more connections with people and more uh, conversations about depression or t- conversations sure. about, you especially know, men, what, yeah, especially right, men. yeah, and I think that's just you know that's what makes you a complete person, you know, like if you're just some shell or just like. I don't cry. It's yeah. like, all right, dude, you're, you're it's going to manifest in some way. And right. I think that's why, you know, I mean, I don't want to go too far. I, I, don't, I really don't want to dive into this topic, but I think that that is, uh, that can manifest in ways like, you know, all the school shootings that we see, um, all these men with mental health issues that are, yeah. um, manifesting it into violence, whether it's towards their spouse or their significant other, or whether it's shooting up a school. Um, you know, men are, are told, to not cry, to not have emotions, to not do this, not do that. And you know, you keep, when you keep that stuff inside of you for so long, eventually you, you can't do it forever. Yeah, I mean, it's just cooker. like, it's a, it's a demon that's yeah. just, that just grows and yeah, pressure cooker, like whatever, like it's going to, yeah. it's going to pop at some point. And you know, we, we do have to work through these things happen to us because I believe that suffering is never, I think we're always going to suffer yeah. our whole lives. There's always going to be suffering. I don't think that's going to change. But what can change is, is your experience with it and how you approach it. And so if you actually deal with suffering early on in your life, like you said, it's like a, a gift in disguise. You learn how to deal with these things so that when it happens again, like you said, it becomes less and less and more far, you know, more space in between because mm-hmm. now you have the experience of dealing with it and you're more well equipped to deal with it the next time. But if you don't deal with it and you just shove it inside, Eventually, it's going to get to a point where the suffering is so intense that you can't take it anymore. And that's when it's going to manifest into suicide, into an act of violence, into whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, also, too, like I think um, it helps you, suffering helps you serve others. And it helps you, helps you have compassion and empathy. empathy, Um, So if you go, and it sounds like, you know, I don't know, like it's, it's a tough pill to swallow for people because they're just like, well, how can my suffering be good? You know, whatever. But, you know, it's, and this is like the, the silver lining into that. So if you lose a parent or you lose uh, an animal, you know, you, you know, whatever, where do you go through? Some, so if somebody's going through similar things, you can relate and you can actually put yourself in their shoes and when, and truly listen to what they have to say with real empathy. You know, I think if you, you know, obviously it's not exact, everybody processes everything different. Everything, everybody has a different, um, you know, reality tunnel where mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're not, um, it's not the same, but you can at least meet them where they're at and really help people. And I think some of the people that have been through the most, um, become the best, uh, therapists and the best teachers and the yeah, best true. listeners. Cause they're just like, they're so compassionate cause they've been through some shit, you know? So when you go through it, I think it's, it can be a, um, a, a tool to help others. I think that's, um, and even same thing with like, um, you know, helping people on their, their journey, uh, be more plant-based. You can be like, you know, I've been there. I didn't, I wasn't born into a vegan family, you know, uh, I've been there. I can, I can totally relate. And, um, I think that's kind of where I try to meet people when they have questions or whatever. It's like, instead of, you know, they come to me and they're like, Hey man, I stopped, I stopped drinking uh, dairy. I'm drinking almond milk. Instead of saying, well, what else are you doing? Oh, yeah, you have leather shoes and you're, you know, (laughs) eating chicken still, you know, like that's kind of like squashing that little spark that's within them i try yeah, to i've like been trying to like poison flank. on the seed yeah and it's like you know it's it's harder for some people than it is to, for others you know and we don't know what their you know relationship with food is or what their um you know 
how strong their willpower is or whatever. But if we can fan that little spark, that yeah. can really help them out. And I think a lot, I see that a lot in, um, you know, vegan online communities and stuff where people are just like, you know, so quick to, you know, just, they're too emotional. Just, yeah. It's an emotional but, reaction. It's not a, a, a pragmatic one. Right. Uh, and it could be really, um, not only is it that's part that's part of the part of the the vegan part that annoys people, is that, but also it keeps people from really, um, I don't know, uh, like feeling like they're they're doing okay, you know, like and and the, obviously, you know, it can be frustrating if you see someone like a loved one that's like you know sick and they're just like they're just not changing fast enough and you're just like why won't you listen you know uh i have experienced my own family but uh i think you can't force someone to change like yeah and i know how i am if somebody tells me to if if somebody were telling me to go vegan before i went vegan i probably wouldn't be vegan exactly i'd be be like i'm gonna go i'm gonna eat more meat people did people (laughs) told me to like be vegetarian i'm just like like no (laughs) i'm gonna go and eat like two dozen of chicken wings tonight like what do you mean like right but i think when you experience it yourself when you it like um it's more powerful. Yeah. And it's, and it really helps me if you have people like to encourage you and be like, dude, yeah. that's awesome. You know? And I think that's kind of like, like my 2020 approach, you know, for, for dealing with, um, you know, any kind of like adversity or whatever. Um, been trying to get better instead of debating people cause you never win. No. So it's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I got all my points in and that guy didn't have any rebuttals. So I won, but like, what are you, what are you getting out of that? You know? I saw there's a meme, <laughs> there's a meme out there. It's just like the best way to, stay sane or whatever is to not argue with with fools and then the other guy says i think you're wrong and the other guy goes yes i agree yeah. is it the Sadhguru? yeah um, i think yeah, i, I, think I love him it. he's he's a cool uh he's a good uh he talks about a lot of stuff where um expanding your awareness uh to include others like the whole idea of namaste um is i'm bowing to the inner light with this in you we're connecting so i think he's he's like a, a yogi so he's he had a really interesting uh, answer to people who were like, how do we keep people from cutting down trees and protecting the environment? And he's like, if I tell you that that's half your lungs out there, um, you're kind of like, we know that. We know that's creating oxygen and we're breathing out CO2 and it's breathing out oxygen. Um, but if, if, I, if you connect with that tree and it becomes your other half of your lungs and you experience it, I don't have to tell you to not chop it down because you yeah. know it's part of you. And I think expanding our awareness to include others is, you know, pretty powerful thing because we can, um, whether it's other animals, other people, the environment, then we, if we include our awareness to that, then we're not isolated. We're never alone. We're always like kind of connected. So it's just yeah. like, a, you know, instead of how we feel right now, where we feel like I'm just island of you know, meat wagon, just like pushing through, <laughs> push through life, you know, and I have no control and I'm never not connected to anything else. And it's like, yeah, no wonder why people feel like crap, you know, they're just, yeah. you know, isolated. I think, I think, um, one word that you said is awareness and, um, I've done a lot of reading into this and it's something that I've practiced and, you know, just being self-aware is extremely powerful because I do feel like we can tend to run on autopilot a lot. And when you are self-aware, you do see the connection that is within all of us to each other, to yeah. nature, to animals. Um, you step back and you have an objective perspective. And instead of having a subjective one based on our experiences in the past and who we're around and et cetera, et cetera, which is more often than not the case of how people operate. And I'm guilty of it, too. Yeah, no, too. Nobody yeah. is completely void of that. 
But when you practice having self-awareness, when you practice, you know, being in the moment and taking that, that second to just like look around and really see things the way that they are, I think that that does bring us together and could solve a lot of problems that we have, but it's, it's hard. And I mean, call it enlightenment, call it what you will, but you know, it, it takes a lot to step out of the normal narrative of what is our, you know, society and, and what is expected of us as a adult or yeah, I would say adult because kids, kids have a little bit more, you know, imagination and freedom, but what's expected of, of us as an adult and, it's hard to step away from that. So what's well, a current? It's like a yeah. It's just like a being. You know, you'd fall into the river and you get sucked along. And I think if people realize that current's probably about three feet deep, you stand up, you can walk out of it. Yeah. You know, and if you want to go back into it, it's there waiting for you. Yeah. But like, I think we can, you know, come up for air and not get so swept along in it. You know, we we live in this world. Unless you want to be a forest monk in a cave, <laughs> um, which I've thought about. But, where do, yeah, but, yeah. Where do I apply for that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people, they don't agree with the culture. They don't agree with the, a lot of stuff going on, but they play the game. You yeah. know? And I think you can still play the game, but if you realize it's a game rather than, oh, you, you know, Ram Dass, he has a great analogy um, uh, about um, when, when you're playing the game of life or any game, Monopoly or whatever you want to call it, whatever game is your game it's fun when people get wrapped up into the game. You know, if you're just, nobody cared, it wouldn't be fun. You want to be like in that game. But yeah. like, I think people identify with the thimble or whatever is being pushed around the, the board so much that like it, they, they, they get anxiety about it. they like, it becomes life or death. And it's like, Oh, I got to go to jail. Do not click $200. <laughs> ah, you know, they get so worked up. And I think we should be, you know, half in half out. We should be able to like yeah. pan back and look that and be like, I always kind of use the analogy of like the director versus the actor, yeah. you know, like realize that you're, you're, you know, co-creating this. It existence. is, a, it is like, kind of a game. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, it, it's important and it's serious, but it's not, um, I guess it is life or death, but it's, it's not, <laughs> um, it's not as, I don't know. I think we kind of were sold, we're sold a game that we didn't really want to play. It's true, man. You know. I didn't. I didn't sign up for. Well, maybe I signed up for life. I don't know. I mean, we could. That's that's a whole. That's, not, a, that's trip, a whole other yeah. conversation yeah. about you know <laughs> the, the afterlife. But um, yeah, man. Um, dude, man, we got deep there. We got deep there. Yeah. I feel like I we completely uh, went over like some of the like more. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, yeah. other other things that we can that, we can talk about nutrition talk about <laughs> i mean dude I'm, I'm not mad about it like that's the whole point of these podcasts is mm-hmm. to share and express ideas yeah. um with with somebody else and you know and, and see where it goes um if you want to touch more into what you're doing because i think i think you can provide some you know and we're, we're already coming up on an hour here but um just a little bit into what you do as far as like foraging, uh, wild medicine, plant-based nutrition. I mean, I guess those are all kind of, you know, um, different things in, in their own right, but I don't know, maybe touch on that a little bit, man. Cause yeah. that was great. Everything that we just talked about, but no, yes, you, I love this. Stuff. We, we could, I mean, we could sit talk, here for I three bring hours. Up spiritual stuff when I'm like at the checkout line, I, 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 <laughs> it, just come, it comes out of me for some reason. Um, but yeah, with the, um, with wild nutrition, I think it's super important um, for a bunch of reasons. Uh, you know, 
we're in winter in Pittsburgh and I can go out and find and make a salad right now. You know, the, most of the weeds that we have in our yard that we spray with Roundup um, are stuff we should be eating. And, and they're the wild cousins of the superfoods that we find in the supermarket. Um, we're surrounded by all this, uh, you know, weeds essentially, but what is it like, uh, Emerson has a great quote, uh, what is a weed, but a plant whose virtue is yet unknown. Mm. So if we can reconnect to that and be like, that's not a weed, that's dandelion. That's not a weed, that's purslane. That's not a weed, that's garlic mustard. Um, and you know, it goes on and on. Uh, then we have more connection to nature. We have, uh, we're getting wild nutrition into our body. Um, it's not sprayed with pesticides. It didn't travel 2000 miles to get to my plate. Um, it's helping me, uh, arm myself for, from local, uh, bugs, local uh, viruses, local, uh, allergies. If I'm eating these plants that, um, are in my local environment, I'm telling nature that I live here, not South America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think it's super important. These, and these are super nutrient, nutrient dense foods that would outperform any, um, super food that we'd find in the market and they're growing all around us. We just don't see it. So I think I try to encourage people. I start with their um, their property. I could even like walk you around your yard and point out some stuff after this, but wow. it's really fun. Go like, get a snack. Yeah. I mean, but it's, we just kind of have like a war on weeds, which I, th- I don't understand. Like, and I, the ironic thing is in the commercials for like roundup kills weeds fast. You know, what does it kill a dandelion? Dandelion is one of the most nutritious foods in the planet. It's full of antioxidants. It's full of medicine. It helps detox the body. It detox it's one of the only things that can detox the body of glyphosate which is oh, wow. a, which is the active ingredient in roundup yeah but why is it in the commercial <laughs> that's ironic, spraying yeah. it you know maybe um, that's why they do it they're just like scared I, that people yeah, are gonna know. you know have really, this remedy and uh it's stark oh man. man we're not gonna be able to control the population anymore yeah. <laughs> and and what happens so this a dandelion you spray it in the face with roundup and it still grows through that concrete and it flicks you off after it's done right yeah. so what happens when you build your body out of that badass you know you're becoming that you know indestructible thing right so if you're building your body out of iceberg lettuce <laughs> you know it's a little bit different if you're building your body out of dead animals way different but like so i would always tell people like hey get you know start with plants there you can you know everybody knows dandelion um but there's a million of different one, uh, other ones out there that you can uh also incorporate into your diet and then you know, if you want to get into mushrooms, you will be a little bit more careful, but like ones like, um, uh, chicken of the woods and hen of the woods, there's really no poisonous lookalike. You're safe. Anything that doesn't have like gills, um, pr- pretty much, you know, safe, but like there are ones that you'd be careful for, but like, um, for starter mushrooms, you really can't go wrong with, you know, some of the, the polypore mushrooms like, um, chicken of the woods, nothing really looks like it. Um, but if you, you know, it's fun because so you can go out there, see what, see what nature provided and it gets yeah. you out in the woods, especially mushrooms. It helps you, you have to learn how to identify trees because specific mushrooms grow on, you know, oak trees or beech trees or elm, you know, so, um, but that gets you out there and that helps you identify these, you know, beans that like people just like will look before they go out and they just think it just looks all green. It's all the same, you know, but yeah. no, there's so much diversity out there and like it helps you slow down while you're out there. You're not on your phone. You're unless you're taking a photo of the mushroom. <laughs> but, like, uh, you're or double checking to make sure it's not. the yeah, poisonous we, one. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, bring a guidebook, look online. There's uh, the iNaturalist app. If you haven't heard of it, it's really good. Mm. Um, it's like a thing you can download. We use it for our, our mushroom club. They can take a photo. There's like a weird 
kind of creepy, like almost like facial recognition software on there that helps you, like kind of gives you a list of what it could be. And you can kind of like, um, you know, narrow down. So you're not looking through millions of different mushrooms and plants, but it's pretty cool. It's like a, you know, it's a hobby that also pays off because you're just, you're food secure and that we live, most people live in a food desert, you know, like in in the city um, where you have, if the supermarket goes away what are you gonna do you know and then with climate change um it's really becoming more climate sporadic so like it's going to we're gonna have some crazy we just had a 60 degree or 70 degree day the other day out of nowhere i think got up to like 72 yeah which is well and i was just thinking the other day like we really haven't had a lot of snow Mm -hmm. at all right like it is now january 15th right and in pittsburgh like yeah, we don't. Have, there's no. There's not snow on the ground, and I've been like walking out with just a light jacket on because right. it's been like consistently fifty degrees. Yeah, and any scientist, forager, farmer, anybody that pays really close attention to nature, they know that like the natural world is completely thrown off. Try growing food in this kind of conditions. You're gonna have you. You know the whole. The old wisdom of like plant at Mother's Day and you, you know, sow your, you know, this time and reap your benefits this time, like it's com- completely thrown off. And, and, and uh, agriculture is going to be really hard moving forward. But one, one thing that's going to be a little more hardy is the wild foods. Like they don't give a crap. Like, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to be still affected, but they're so hardy. They'll, they'll overcome everything. And then that's kind of like our, our ticket to, you know, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but like it's, it makes you feel more secure knowing that you're surrounded by food. And plus it's cool. Cause like you just walk outside and be like, Oh, let's add this to my, you know, you start adding a couple of things here and there and you're getting all those extra phytonutrients and minerals and vitamin C and, and, and obviously if you, one big thing that people, when they go to the store, they get nutritionally devoid food and then they go home and cook it. And they boil it or whatever, and then any nutrition that was in it is gone. So that's why a lot of vegans will be like, you know, they get, you know, these, you know, people that become plant based and they don't realize they have to eat more food and eat more higher nutrient dense food to like be able to like get sustenance, you know. And right. I think a lot of the food in the supermarket, I always advocate, you know, eat organic, eat tons of different color. Like if you're going to eat lettuce, get the red lettuce, you right. know, get the ones that are, you know, going to have all that color is phytonutrients. That's the plant's uh, defense against UV rays and predation. So if it has tons of color, it's probably a good um, bet that it's got a lot of nutrition and try to find cultivars that are like a little more towards the wild end of it um, rather than um, like over cultivated for sweetness and and whatever like, and you, like and genetically engineered and like hybrid um not necessarily gmo but like like hybrid strains and stuff well, like that most of the food we have has been messed with for ten thousand plus years yeah you know so and most and we're just science is just starting to catch up with why or what happened what what do we when we when we made it for size or for um to be able to survive a uh uh, unnatural truck ride across the country or you know we pick those things that are you know like tomatoes for instance we pick them before they ripe right after the break point when they just start to show color they're picked thrown on the truck they're ripen on a truck um but that's why the reason why like if you eat a garden fresh tomato it's like completely different you yeah. know there's so much more life into it there's so it's much true. more nutrition um but even better. with anything like you know we don't want to eat a bunch of chemicals too so definitely like lower the you know if if you, if you go out to eat, you really can't, you know, they can put an organic label on there, but the FDA has never really, um, they don't have to put 
organic food in there, even if it says it. It's so like 95 you know, cook- for technically, I think it's 95% has to be 95% organic ingredients, but the other 5% is not. Who knows? Yeah. Know. And that's, and what, yeah. So I think, I think learning how to cook is a part of that too, where you can, um, it's exciting. You know, you can go and experiment with new foods that you never tried, different vegetables and different fruits. And like, if you just have a base of like brown rice and beans or brown rice and lentils and then add stuff to it, it's very easy. It's very um, yeah. cheap. And, you know, you can go to places like our co-op in East Liberty and buy like fresh organic produce throughout the year. Um, but it's, you know, it's stuff that, you know, the vegetables and fruits are a little bit more expensive, but you're paying, you're, you're going to be um, glad that you got, you know, yeah. that no chemicals, but all life, that. Yeah. yeah right. You're not going to be, you know, in a walker when you're 80 years old. Yeah. Plus you're supporting our local farmers and, true. and that food's not going, not traveling across country, all that better for uh, the environment. CO2 emissions and you know, whatever. And when non-organic farming, there's a lot of, you know, animals that get caught up into that. So, um, affected by the sprays, the, plus the farmers, you know, the people are on ground zero spraying those pesticides that are probably, you know, they're just trying to make ends meet with, for the, to, to pay for, right. you know, family. And, um, they're spraying that and they're this, you know, toxic. So ingesting it on it. Right. I mean, there's pictures out there of, you know, uh, people in the <laughs> like, uh, biohazard suits, yeah. like spraying the fields, like yeah. with the, Glyphosate. Yeah, should we, the, so should we be eating that? Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's in the plant, and glyph and Roundup will say it's safer than water. Yeah, but um, no, yeah, we shouldn't be yeah. that guy. Just like the cigarette industry said, no, oh, yeah. this doctor recommends camels or marbles, right, right. like you know. And I think nowadays it's interesting because we're it's almost worse because their their whole model was we're no longer selling cigarettes, we're selling doubt. It's much easier now to you know, muddy the waters with you know, study after study, all these stupid studies that are coming out with like meat is back. Go ahead and eat all you want. You yeah. know, all these things and you find out who's, who's funding it. And it's like the, you know, the beef checkoff or whatever. Um, but it's, but we have the internet, we have social media, we have, um, all these incredible voices out there, like your podcast that are, you know, oh, thanks, get, getting the information out there <laughs> to people and like helping people kind of like navigate through the, the stuff. And yeah, I think we kind of have information overload now. And, you know, back then it was like you had three channels on your TV and like, you know, yeah. whatever Walter Cron- Cronkite was saying, you kind of like you believed. believed it. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like people are a little bit more suspect. They they don't believe everything they hear, but they also just bump it. They're not going to do, you know, thousands of hours of research just to find out what to eat. You know? It's hard, man. There's so much conflicting information. Lot, yeah. You know, I go off of. I go off of my intuition and how I feel. I mean, obviously I go off of science too. I don't want people to think like th- mm. that's devoid of science. Like there, there is obviously a lot of studies, you know, showing right. the benefits of plant-based diet, but you know, yeah, like you said, there's other studies that, that say the opposite. And so like, obviously you know, the, the consumer is going to be confused. And, and this is why I think that right now we're at like a pivotal point of how we eat, um, in the world, like you have so many different diets. Um, I don't even want to get started on the carnivore diet, but, um, you know, like I think it's out there just because there's so much conflicting, but I think what we are really at the kind of the tipping point of the, the food system starting to change. And I think we're realizing like we have to, um, just from a, a standpoint of sustainability. Right. 
Um, that's you, know, you, you could argue health or not like that's i mean i feel like that's everyone's individual choice if, right. if you want to be unhealthy like so be it like you right. know you're you're a free human but um but it's just like cigarettes like you're not only impacting yourself you know like your lifestyle choices impact the society impact the world it's true it's yeah a, impact it's the planet. so yeah. we have like we don't um i don't know if you look in the scientific analysis and stuff we're pretty screwed but like um i think we should really be dramatically changing food first you know that i mean methane is you know 25 times more potent than co2 everybody's kind of focused on co2 but like um because i think the last study i seen it was like 80 percent of greenhouse gases are co2 emissions but you know if we could curtail our food but also learn how to compost um, and you can compost plants a lot easier than you compost like meat scraps. So all that food, like I think 40% of food goes in from that, that we buy before it goes to our house is much more than 40%. It gets wasted, but cause you can't buy, no one wants to buy a bruised tomato or, yeah. or whatever, any little blemish you can't, can't buy it. So we need to kind of think that through too, but like composting is huge. And, um, and then you create perfect soil for your garden or for to sprinkle on a park or whatever, but like it doesn't create a methane bomb in a landfill, you know, and that's the other side of it. I think, I think we can, we can do better. We can be a regenerative force. I think we kind of like focus so much on, you know, sustainable, but like what is sustainable? We need to turn this, this ship around. We can't just stay the course. We need to like do other things. And I think growing as much food as we can, um, learning how to, you know, the local, um, food that's in our environment um through foraging but also su- community gardens for supporting local farmers a lot of that stuff can um is pretty um plus it's, it's fun you know it's, it's a, you're reconnecting to lost knowledge you know yeah cooking too you should cook we, we so, should all cook yeah more. we should all cook <laughs> we, we should all cook and put that love and intention into it mm-hmm. um i'm sure you're significant Others or loved ones will appreciate that too. Everyone right. likes a good home cooked meal. So, but also one thing I've been trying to do more is because um, I'm the same way. Like, I love cooking for other people, and then it comes to me, I'm just like slopping stuff together, you know. Yeah. But having that same love and compassion, and, and um, you know, I hope I you know benefit from this meal. You know, I think that's important too. That's self care, and we need to we need to do more of that. It's a lot to think about, man. I want to go search for some mushrooms now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a couple out there right now. You can you can find some. Oh wow, yeah, man. That's um, dude. I appreciate your insight. Um, everything you said really resonates with me, and I hope that the listeners uh, can resonate with it as well. Um, I'm just gonna give you an opportunity to pretty much say any last words, anything that you want to uh, tell the listeners before we wrap this up. Um, I I think uh, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, I think we just need to take a breath and uh regroup and you know kind of like what think about what our intentions are for 2020 or for in the future and then you know not don't get overwhelmed but you know we we definitely need to um not just vegans not just anybody just i think as a whole you know people need to come together and you know i'm a big advocate for a rising tide raises all ships you know so if we can like link up we're way stronger you know and then we can form a you know reach out to your um attend to the garden you can reach right so you you reach out to your local municipalities and you say hey why don't we have a community garden you know then start one and and get involved with that kind of stuff i think that's really you know important because we can learn from our elders we can learn our you know 
meet our neighbors and have an actual um, connection with each other and uh, learn from one another and uh, we'll be surprised about like what comes out of that. Yeah. So reshift, regroup and set some good intentions for 2020. Yeah. Cool. I mean, where can people uh, follow you at? I don't know if you, uh, you know, I know you're on Instagram. Uh, yeah. I kind of got off the um, Facebook and all that a while ago. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I just post like weird pictures of my food and stuff. I forage on there. If you want to follow me, it's just Shannon Patrick five, six. Um, but I'm definitely, um, one of my intentions for 2020 is to get more involved and, um, start, you know, like blogging again and, and other, uh, you know, outreach kind of programs, teach workshops and things like that. So, um, look out for it. <laughs> I, <laughs> cool. I don't have any timeline for it, yeah, but it'll, no. be, it'll be out there. Follow, uh, follow Shane on Instagram and, and, and keep a lookout for that. Um, thanks again, man, for, for being here on the show. It was, it was great to talk to you. We could have made this three hours easily. Sure. I feel like so, you know, we could go down <laughs> so many rabbit holes, yeah. but, um, uh, yeah, glad to connect, man. And I uh, hope everyone got some insight out of this. So, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks. Guys, you did it. Welcome to the other side. This is the end of this episode. So if you're still here listening, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for still being here. Don't forget, if you enjoyed the content of this episode, to share it with a family member or a friend, somebody you think would also find value in this content. And if you want to stay updated with me and what I'm doing and have a chance to win some awesome prizes and giveaways, go to my website, www.strengththroughcompassion.com and sign up for my newsletter. My name is JP Singer, and this is Strength Through Compassion Podcast.